It was a long year for four priests or four pastors, whatever you have it. As they were getting away, they were taking a train trip up north, hundreds of miles away where no one knew them, where they could relax from the hustle and bustle of ministry. A long year of the pandemic, stresses and strains of ministering to people, many times with crises and problems. And so they're on the train in a car together, the four priests began to talk to each other what they were going to do on their break. And one priest said, well, I've been saving up money. I'm not going to blow the whole lot, but I think when I get to the resort, I'm going to do some gambling. I'll play 21, I'll play the tables, um, I'll play roulette and see how it goes. The other priest says, not me. I'm going to buy a bunch of liquor. I'm not going to get drunk, but I'm going to be really relaxed the whole time in my vacation. That's what I plan on doing. And so the third priest, they said, well, I'm not going to touch a woman, but I'm going to flirt with them and hang out with them and have a really good time with them. I'm not going to touch them. That's what I'm going to do. And so there you have three priests with the gambling, with drinking, and some with women. And they look at the fourth priest and says, what do you plan on doing during our time away at the resort? And the fourth priest says, I love the gossip and I can't wait to get off this train. <laughs> Need to be careful of what we say to who and when and where about gossiping. Are you a person that believes everything you hear? Because we hear a lot. Do you believe it all? I heard so-and-so, I heard this is going on. Did you hear about this? I heard of this about that person. Did you hear what's going on there? And there's this going on. Are you a person who believes everything that you hear? I'm seeing some people shake their heads. Now, we might shake our heads, but let's be honest. Sometimes when we hear something, we sort of say, hmm, that's sort of interesting. You know, I sort of suspected that. Do you believe everything that you hear? Because sometimes things fly around on the radar we're not sure what's true and what's not true, and we hear that, even as a pastor. Pastor, did you hear a lot of people are talking? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Do you believe everything that you hear? How would you and I fare working for Dave Ramsey? Well, Dave Ramsey is a Christian financial guru. He wrote the best-selling book, Total Money Makeover. Matter of fact, I asked couples who I marry that they need to read it. It's been a great blessing to me. Dave Ramsey, Total Money Makeover, teaches Americans how to get out of debt, and he's, his whole goal is to build God's kingdom with wealth. But he took Total Money Makeover and created it to a class, I think it's been offered here, called Financial Peace what? Financial Peace University. There's a, congregation, there's a program for congregation called Momentum. But Dave Ramsey has a very simple rule at his workplace, and every year he fires four or five employees. Dave Ramsey says this, If you are guilty of gossip... At my workplace, I will terminate your position. Now, let me define, Dave Ramsey says, I'll define gossip. And by the way, when I was at the Momentum Conferences, uh, his workers would share that with us. Gossip is saying something negative about someone else to who? Somebody else. That's gossip. Gossip is not saying something negative about a person to their what? Face. That's Matthew 18. Gossip is saying something negative about somebody to somebody else. And every year, Dave Ramsey says, I fire four, five, six employees. What's the reason for doing that? Well, if we're gossiping about each other, there's a lack of trust, there's a lack of care, and it ruins a community. So how would you and I fare if we worked for Dave Ramsey? Would we be unemployed? Would we one year or the next be fired and be removed? 
I think you somewhat get the idea. How would we fare because Dave Ramsey fires gossipers? And so in the Gospel of Luke, there's a woman of low repute who comes into a room when Jesus is dining with the Pharisees as part of my parables Bible study class. And Jesus sat in order of rank. And here she comes and she adores Jesus' feet. And she even cleans them with her hair and her tears. She is truly repentant. And Jesus uses his mouth not to gossip, but to speak well of her. Let me read it. She wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. From the time I entered, this woman has not stopped kissing my feet. She poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you that her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. Our Lord used his tongue to praise and to adore and to speak well of someone who others don't think too well of. However, she repented and she had faith, and our Lord praised that. So today I want to talk to you about gossip. Well, really, it's a tale of two texts. This week's lessons from James is about being doers and not talkers. And next week's lesson really is about taming your tongue, but I want us to talk about taming our tongue and being doers, so I'm giving the message this week. We're going to talk about our tongues and our mouth. So sort of a preview and review type of sermon. What's the strongest muscle in the body? Now you can look up there and say it's tongue, but it's not. The strongest muscle in the body is your thigh. I mean, pound for pound, it does so much. But yet, James tells us that the strongest muscle in the body is our what? Our tongue. Let's read what he has to say. Start with the tongue. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. All kinds of animals can be tamed, but no one can tame the tongue. No one can tame what comes out of the mouth. It's very hard to control. Sometimes it's very damaging. Now, you and I many times were known by what we say. We're known by our tongue. We say, oh yeah, I know that person's kind because they say what? Kind things. Or they're foul mouth. Have you ever said about someone? You hung around with them for half an hour? They got a foul mouth. Or we say they're tender-hearted. They're compassionate. And they're empathetic. We say they're tender-hearted. Or they have a smart what? Smart mouth. Ever hang around a junior hire or a senior hire who had a smart mouth? Were you a smart mouth around your parents? Never mind. What happened? See some smiles? They don't know when to keep their mouth. (laughs) You get it. Or they speak with a forked what? Watch the news lately? Yeah, we don't trust what that person says. They speak with a forked tongue. Open mouth, insert what? Have you done that before? I've tasted leather before. Have you? They curse like a what? Never mind. We're known by tongue. Telephone, telegram, and tell so-and-so. Have you heard that? Now, no offense, my grandfather died many years ago. He fought for the United States Army in World War II. He was quite opinionated. Now, I'm not against these people, but he had quite, he had strong opinions about stuff, and he told my younger brother and I, he goes, you know, in Texas, they don't need telephones. We said, really, why? He says, because they all have big mouths, because they think each other too big. So, that's what he always said. Telegram, telephone, tell so-and-so, because you tell them, guess what? They're going to tell everybody else. We're known by our tongues. Now, St. James, in today's lesson, says the tongue many times guides one's life and directs one's body like a bit in the horse. 
And by the way, friends in Christ, we're known by what we say and what we don't say. It directs our lives. What we say, what we feel like saying, our tongues direct our lives. Tongues open doors and what? Close doors. Made a good impression with your boss. Maybe interviewing for a position, it didn't go quite well, correct? Sometimes our tongues open doors and close doors. Now, my son's not here. I'm speaking well of him. He's interviewing for positions, and after every time he does an interview, he asks the place where he interviews with, what could I do better? Because they say sometimes what you say and don't say influences how you get employed. Tongues open doors and close doors. We are no, known by our tongue. Even though ships can be hundreds of yards long and displace millions of gallons of water and weigh thousands of tons, Yet they're guided by what? A very small rudder, like the size of a little car, guides a big ship. That's how it is with our tongue. Just a very small part of our body, but it controls so much of how we're viewed by others and our own lives, our tongue. James says tongues can start great fires, like a great forest fire. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Oh, yes. If somebody comes up with a pretty nasty rumor and it starts going around, what happens? How many fights, how many quabbles, even in the Christian community begins because one bit of information is let out and it causes quite a stink. Tongues can cause forest fires. How? Because of damage that they do. Loose lips what? Some of you might be able to remember that. Words have what? Consequences. And the tongue hurt feelings, wound hearts, destroys relationships, and erode trust. So hence James says, be doers of the words, be careful of what you say. Now you know I'm a fan of Samuel Clemens. Samuel Clemens once said, a lie gets halfway around the world before truth gets its shoes on. A lie gets halfway around the world before truth gets its shoes on. No doubt our tongues are very powerful. They affect how we view others, how others view us, and they affect the well-being of a community. James says this, tongues reflect the heart. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison, especially if I'm mad or angry at someone. We let our tongues loose. Tongues reflect the sinful world. Now, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm not saying this to be funny. But I don't swear a whole lot. I don't cuss a whole lot. I tell people why. What am I? I'm a what? And where do I hang out? And people usually, when they come to church, don't swear in front of their pastor. I don't hear it a lot. But what happened if I work in a different profession where people did what? I wonder maybe if my mouth would change. Take it even from kids. You can have kids who speak very well, and they start hanging out with a bunch of kids who swear a whole lot, and then guess what they begin doing, right? Yeah. Someone was talking about taking their kid to kindergarten and didn't see any big issue where they took their kid to school until their kid rode the bus for a week and started hearing, listening to what their kid was saying after riding on the what? It's unique what gets said on a childhood bus and what kids pick up. No doubt about it. Tongues reflect a sinful world. Tongues reflect hell and the devil. They can speak evil. They pick up the lies of the world and they convey it. Now, I share this with all the couples that I marry, I share it with you too. Every once in a while, I need to hear it as well. God gave us how many ears and how many mouths? Why? 
Why two ears and one mouth and not why two mouths and one ear? Right? Hear this before? Ears are closed, mind's not turned on, and the tongue's in fifth gear, right? This is closed, this hasn't been turned on yet, and this is in fifth gear. Never mind. Okay? You know, it's true. Even people who are on their deathbed, moments away from going home with the Lord, even doctors and nurses and chaplains, all professions would say, we still don't know what the person's what? Hearing. God made our ears permanently open with our mouth to be able to go what? Why? All right? Samuel Clemens said this. I remind myself of it about once a week. Remember, it's best to keep your mouth shut and have people think you're a fool than to open up your mouth and remove all what? Doubt. <laughs> Never mind. Okay? God gave us that. But then again, friends in Christ, for us believers, with the tongue we praise who? God our Father. Our tongues are used to do that, especially in the house. So I want to talk about four uses of a godly tongue. This is from Scripture, speak the truth in love. What? We'll speak the truth in love. In love, speak the truth. Uh, in other ways, another way of saying that is be assertive. Not be aggressive, not be mean, but be assertive. If someone is doing something that offends you, assertively talk to that person. If you feel that you're being stepped on, assertively say what it's right. I become a fan of Dr. Jordan Peterson. He's quite the, the, the wave, the rage on um, YouTube. He's a Canadian, but I agree with most of what he says. He says, Dr. Jordan Peterson says this, successful people have two things in common. One, they're very conscientious, which means they care about people. They're aware of what's going on around them. Conscientious people care about people. They're empathetic. They know what's going on around them. And they want what's best for everybody else. And he says successful people are also disagreeable. Well, that doesn't make much sense. A conscientious person who loves and cares people yet is disagreeable because they will speak up if something is not quite right. Conscientious and disagreeable. Speak the truth in what? Love. Did Jesus agree with everybody, what, what everybody was doing or saying? No, but he spoke the what? Truth, how? In love. We need to ask ourselves every time we hear something if we want to open up our mouths and share. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it what? Those three things. Is it true? Yes. Is it kind? No. Is it true? Yes. Is it kind? Yes. Is it necessary? No. Those are sort of guidelines. Those are sort of, I don't know, traffic signs for us to slow down and to stop. Tongues can bring great comfort. Wise King Solomon says in Proverbs, encouragement is like honey to the ears. You know, honey filled with vitamins, filled with good stuff, a compliment, and encouraging words like honey. Samuel Clemens says we all need to hear a good compliment once a month. Have you given a compliment to somebody? Compliments stir us on. They, they move us to passion. Tongues can bring great comfort. And finally, read the last one with me. Lord, open thou my lips, and I will declare your praise. So even the Holy Spirit caused us to open up our mouths that we might share his praise for use of a godly tongue. But Jesus, his words always bring blessings. They're full of truth. They call to faith. Matthew, come follow me. You're no longer a tax collector. Peter, I will make you fishers of men. They heal and they cure. Jesus, you don't need to go there. You just need to say the word and she will be healed. They forgive and redeem. Peter said, Lord, I'm already cleansed from the word that you've spoken. And they grant eternal life. 
Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of what? Eternal life. He speaks those words of truth to us. His tongue is used to bless, to redeem, to forgive, to open heaven for us. What a blessing that is, our tongue. So I have homework for you all next week, okay? This is your homework. I want you, this next week, I would like you to use your tongue to bless five people. Be like honey. Speak the truth in love. Encourage. Bless five people, and if you wish, tell me how it went this next week. Next week, you'll hear this. This will be next week's epistle text. So bless five people this week if you want. Share how it goes. Maybe write me a note. Write somebody else a note. Our tongue. God redeems us with his tongue, and our tongue is used to praise God. So how about this for a closing thought? It's actually a stanza to a hymn. Uh, begin with, give us. Give us lips to sing thy glory. Tongues thy mercy to proclaim. Throats that shout the hope that fills us. Mouths to speak thy holy name. May the light that you send us fill our songs with alleluias without end. And with our tongues, all God's people say, Amen. Amen.